You are listening to the Late Wire podcast. Kola Tubosun is a Nigerian writer, linguist, and author of It Was Vile by Heart. Mr. Kola, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. All right. So um, why I actually wanted to talk to you, um, I think that was about a year or two years ago. I wow. was just surfing, surfing through the internet, really. And I came across this um, ibonames.com. Mm-hmm. And I believe it still says it's coming soon. So I actually sent my email, sort of. I mean, I think there was a space for an email to, you know, keep yes. whoever yes, subscribes, you know, um, intimated about the progress of the work and when you know it comes alive and yeah. so i really didn't know that there were also other you know yoruba names Hausa names. Ah, you know. I see. <laughs> so of recent i, I said you know, what's going on this website hasn't come alive so i tried my best to really get through to the people involved that was how i i got your name on the internet okay okay yeah so um I believe this is a long-term project. I think I was able to read up certain things. And the goal is sort of to document all types of African cultural experiences on the internet. Yes. Okay. So so what really, you know, informed your decision, given that I believe both the funding time, you know, the research and human resource, you know, is quite demanded and immense. So what yes. really, you know, led to this? Um, so... Uh... It's a, it's a couple of incremental steps. Um, when I when I had my undergraduate project called the uh, Multimedia Dictionary of Yoruba Names in 2005, I had no idea that I would be, still be working on it in 10 years. Um, but at the time, what I wanted to do was do something out of the ordinary. All my mates were doing projects um, where they had to write, you know, um, paper, academic papers, long form, hardcover bindings, and I thought that was just boring. And I, I thought that it was it was not something that interested me. I could do it, but it wasn't be, it wouldn't be interesting. And I wanted something to really really challenge me. So I, I told my supervisor that I wanted to do something else. I would not make any hardbound copy, um, but I wanted to to do a CD which contained a multimedia dictionary of Yoruba names. It was the first time that anybody would do a project that didn't have any hardbound copy. And it was a risk, and he said yes, because he was also a kind of, uh, you know, uh, forward-looking professor at the time. Um, so then the book had just come out, The Dictionary of Yoruba Names by Adebuye Babalola. So I was just thinking as soon as I saw the book that, you know, this is a book, and, and this man assumes that um, everybody is going to be able to use it just because it's in a book. But in 2005 technology had started to become really part of our lives. So I said, you know, this book would be nice if people could hear it pronounced, you know, if it came with a CD of the pronunciation of the name. And so my dictionary, my dictionary was just a, a, a thousand names out of the book and some I added to it myself um, with the pronunciation added to it and the meaning and, you know, um, uh, the spelling and all that. So that was my project. So it was 10 years later when I was just thinking about the project I did at the university and wondering, well, what happened to that project? It was a CD. Um, I realized that, you know, even though I submitted like three copies, it was likely that nobody had uh, access to it anymore. 
either because the CD has you know broken or scratched or somebody has lost or is dusty. I know how Nigerian universities preserve stuff. So I said I'm going to just do the same dictionary and just put it online and allow more people to add new names to it themselves. Um, so that more names can be added to it and people can use it online rather than just in a dusty university library. Because again, most of the projects that people write, it goes into a dictionary, you pass your exams, you get a grade, and you forget about it. And I didn't want my mind to be like that. So that was why I conceived the idea of yorubanname.com, which would be a place where all your names would be. I started with a thousand and I thought, well, let more people add names to it. Um, And then we have the pronunciation and the meaning. And then the advantage this one has over the last one is that instead of a CD where everything is kind of already in there, this one, is, people can add new names. They can correct ed- the entries. Um, if somebody found an error, you could say, well, you know, this, this is not how it should be, or this is a story about this name that you didn't put there. And, you know, it could be an interactive space. So that was where the idea started from. And the more I went on, the more I realized how big it would be. And the more I walked on it, the more I realized that, you know, you didn't have to be Yoruba alone. And there were several other languages that exist in Nigeria. And the more I walked on it, the more I also conceived that the internet was becoming a space where many of our um, cultural ideas and values can actually survive. Um, when we think of language documentation, language transmission of language to our children, um, most people think of language endangerment in terms of, oh, the children are not speaking it. But yes, that's one way you don't speak it to your children. But other way is that the places where young people spend most of their time, the internet, doesn't have many of the things that uh, reinforce their cultural values and uh, uh, cultural, cultural, um, um, you know, um, resource, cultural legacy. Um, so I, 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 the more I thought about it, the more I realized the internet was a space where we need to add a lot more stuff. Um, you know, as much as you spend some time at home giving values and, and knowledge to your children. When they come on the internet, all they have is Google. And if Google doesn't have anything in Yoruba or Igbo, mm-hmm. answer, um, then the only thing they take away when they come on the internet is values from another language and, and, and legacy from another culture. Um, so that's what the idea, that's where the idea comes from. And since then, 2015, when the project was launched, I've been committed to different ways of bringing African language and African uh, language and cultural and artistic content on the internet as a way of helping complement what we have offline and as a way of helping uh, to pre- pre- preserve a space for ourselves for the future where our children will find things they can use and they can benefit from uh, for their own advantage. So uh, I, I believe if, if I'm getting you know, correctly, your focus from the beginning was you know, just the Yoruba names, you know, giving no. them your culture. Well, at the beginning, the focus was getting my project online. Okay. Um, it wasn't the Yoruba itself. I mean, I, I was trained as a linguist, so I was always okay. interested in as many languages as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was when the, I was thinking of the project that I started thinking about how the possibility of what I was doing for Yoruba could also be applied um, to as many languages as possible, and I was willing to support uh, and encourage it as much as I can. So in, in that line, how has been the public response? Have people really come along and... Um, so far, um, I mean, you're talking to me, which means you found it, you know, as well. Um, people have um, found it uh, found it useful in their own ways, um, and yeah, it has also it has benefited from a lot of public uh, goodwill. You know, so there's a sense in which the language, you know, 
affects culture and names and all that. But when you when when you interact with the average Nigerian, how much you know of his or, or her you know cultural identity grounded in in this in you know who he or she is? Do you think that you know we still have that cultural heritage amongst us as Africans or Nigerians specifically? Well, um, from what I see, it's um, I mean we have the same issue we've had over time, which is uh, the influence of colonialism at the beginning and then globalization. Um, you still, you know, when you go online, you still see a number of people who ask you, you know, why do you, don't mark your name or why do you care about the yeah, meaning of yeah. names and stuff like that. But you still also have people who care and who call you out of the blues and say, well, I just had a child and I want to name them and this is the name I have. Tell me the meaning. What do you think about the name? Do you have suggestions of different names? So as for every one person who doesn't care, who thinks, you know, you know, we're wasting our time and we should all name our children European names so they can assimilate. There's also somebody who cares about, you know, making sure that their children uh, and their descendants are rooted in the culture of their people. So, I mean, you can't have a monolithic society. There's always going to be different people. So my, my concern is not the people who don't care or who are nonchalant about what I'm doing. My concern is to make sure that those who care about it actually find solutions and answers when they're looking for it. So I, I, I have before me, you know, a report, I think early this year, published in one of the major news sites in Nigeria about the fact that 29 Nigerian minor languages have become extinct, you know, mm -hmm. while another 29 are in danger of extinction. Yes. So, you know, they actually cited Yoruba, Igbo, and Ishikiri as also <laughs> endangered. So, yeah, every language I, in Nigeria is endangered. Every language mm -hmm. in Africa is endangered. Um, mostly because um, sci uh, linguists and uh, language activists over time had focused solely their efforts on speaking a language to your children, um, which was good, but not, you know, they had missed out a, a, lot of, um, a lot of other ways in which language is endangered. And when the internet came, it snuck up on so many people that they, they had no idea that making sure the internet also reflects your language and culture is also a way of ensuring that it lasts into the next generation. If we claim that the internet is you know, a valuable tool that can empower people, and you keep finding that everything on the internet is in one language and one culture, then in the end, you're saying that only that language and culture is valid. So, um, so now Yoruba, I mean, I, I, the case I make to a lot of people who think, well, Yoruba is big and popular and has a lot of literary history that is not endangered, is that you know, a number of Yoruba children born today um, don't have access to any of these materials. They don't have access to books. They don't have access to um, new new literature, new materials in the language, no cartoons in the language. Um, and, you know, they don't have access to books and, and uh, new ways of, of, of experiencing language in modern times. So, yes, Yoruba is endangered, Igbo is endangered. Many of them to different degrees, of course, um, but all African languages are endangered, especially those that don't have a foot, footprint um, on the internet and in technology, where most of the new, the battles of the new generations uh, is going to be fought. You know, I recall during my days in secondary school, actually boarding school, you know, we had, in a sense, quote-unquote spies in the hostels. And mm -hmm. this was the, I mean, we had spies in the hostels, that's okay. during my secondary school days. And the attack uh -huh. was basically to write down the names of those 
communicated in what we call vernacular. Exactly. A school in a Yoruba state. And so whoever was caught doing that, these spies would you know write down their names and they would either be fined or punished. In as much as I, I agree that, you know, in an official um, setting as a school in Nigeria, official language is English. But do you think some of those things, you know, in the long run, sort of prevent or, in a sense, endanger our languages, sort of making it impossible for us to really, really communicate? Of course, of course, of course, of course. That is a fact. I mean, it's a fact. Um, having people not be free to speak the language in school environment is very uh, anti-progressive, anti-civilized, in my opinion. Um, and it's not just me. Um, people in other countries have, have, have uh, reversed this trend. Uh, I went to Wales a couple of years ago and I found out that you know Wales, which is a part of the United Kingdom, had the same issue where people were punished uh, for speaking Welsh rather than English in the school. I mean, they've changed all of this system now. You can have schools where you can actually learn physics, chemistry, anything you want in Welsh, and where you can speak any language you want within the school premises. Um, it's terrible in Nigeria, and I understand some of it because of our ethnic suspicions, the fact that we're always you know, scared about each other, etc. But I believe that uh, Nigeria is a multilingual society, and I am very interested in anything that encourages and that uh, stimulates and facilitates that multilingualism. Uh, which includes allowing students to speak whatever they want, whatever language they're comfortable with. The students know instinctively when you want to communicate with somebody who doesn't understand you, you will use English. Mm-hmm. But if you're communicating with somebody who understands you and can understand the language you're speaking, there's nothing wrong with it. And it actually helps students better become better bilinguals, better multilinguals. When mm-hmm. I was growing up, my, my father had beside his office an Igbo man, and every evening they played drafts together and, you know, they they spoke, he spoke Yoruba when he could, or English, depending. The man who had come from Imo, um, you know, eventually became a chief in that area of the world. Uh, he, he speaks Yoruba well now, and he still speaks Igbo. And when I go to the office, because I interacted with him and his, his uh, shop attendant and his daughters and all of that, I started to pick up words of Igbo myself. So I think that if we ever want to change the idea of this mutual suspicion we keep having in Nigeria, Saying that everybody should speak English is actually antithetical to that because it doesn't help people become more themselves. What you should want is that everybody be free to speak whatever language they want so that we learn to understand each other better. We might actually pick up each other's languages and we may be able to better interact with each other rather than say, everybody, keep your language yourself. You only come to the part of English. Because again, when you think back, back to Nigerian history, speaking English has not prevented us from being violently uh, divided. Uh, mm-hmm. The civil war was fought. It was fought in the sixties, and the people who led it were both all educated in England. You know, mm-hmm. Gowon eventually became a degree uh, from 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 a university in in, in uh, the United Kingdom. Ojuku was Oxford educated. Everybody spoke English, and even their accents sounded you know very British, Oxonian, and all that. So English itself was not a was not a uniter. So I mean, we we pretended over time that. If you all speak English, you are all going to be better united and we're all going to be unified and all that. No, it's not the case. Um, before the British came, yes, we had wars and all of that, but we also traded and we interacted with each other, mm-hmm. even though we never always understood what each other was saying. So I think we need to find a way to come back to that sense of mm-hmm. there's nothing fundamentally wrong with our languages. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with our multilingualism. We need to find a way to acknowledge it 
and deal with it in a way that helps us better understand each other. And English is not the only solution to that. Yeah, I mean, recently this has really been, you know, something that I've learned about how language sort of unites people. In as much as I'm Igbo, I sort of spent my secondary and later part of my primary education in Yoruba land, and my mom is Yoruba actually. So I was able to learn a lot of the Yoruba language. And living in Nigeria and being in the midst of other Nigerians here who are actually Yorubas, speaking Yoruba with them, sort of, there's this different vibe and joy it gives to them and to me when, you know, I can really communicate with them in their own original language. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that we should really, really encourage that people you know, should be free to speak whatever language they, they want to and to learn whatever language they want to learn, even yes. if it's our indigenous language. Yes. I agree. All right. So oh, before we, we round up, um, just can you talk to me a bit about your book, the collection of poetry, and what that's it's about? Um, I lived in uh, a small university town in uh, Illinois called uh, South, uh, Edwardsville. Edwardsville, um, I worked in the university for one year, and then I, I was a grad student for two years. And um, so this book is a kind of a tribute to those times as well as a tribute to the history and the significance of that space in American history. Um, so it was my way of looking back and documenting what I remember about the time, contrast it to the present, and um, kind of preserve it for my own memory and for everyone, everyone else who might find themselves in that space, that part of town, or just interested in, in uh, taking a look at the U.S. Midwest through my Nigerian eyes. So I believe it's available on Amazon and other... Yes, it's also available in Nigeria as well. Okay. All right. Okay. So finally, how can people... I believe it's um, AusaName.com, YorubaName.com, Bonem.com. How can people you know, contribute to this? So um, what, I, what I did, what I, when I started uh, thinking about Igbo and Yoruba, uh, Hausa and the rest of them, of course, Nigeria has about over 500 languages. Yeah. Um, the, the initial thought about it, which is still uh, the fundamental thinking behind it, is that it won't depend on me as an individual, as an individual, because I don't speak all these languages, to, to create all of these iterations of, 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 of YorubaName.com. Uh, what I wanted to do and what I've been doing is find people who are interested in uh, working on those projects and support them with the tools we have, you know, with the web presence, with the lexicography, with uh, just the ideas we have used that have worked on Yoruba. So for Igbo, for instance, now we have a team of people. We have a lexicographer who is Igbo. We have a team of people working on the web design. Uh, we have somebody you know, in charge of uh, the Twitter handle. Um, and you know, as soon as the project is, uh, as soon as the web design is f- finished, I mean, we, the lexicography work is being done. I mean, the, the names are being compiled already. As soon as the web thing is done, we we launch it and people will be able to add new names to it. So it's the same for Hausa, for Igbo, I mean, for any languages that exist. People have come to me with different uh, languages and said, oh, we want the same for our language. So my, my work is just find those people, connect them with those who are able to support them with the technical know-how and then put the project online. So I'm not the one always doing all of that because I can't. I have my own day job. Um, so anybody who has any language that, they, that they're interested in Documenting not just even for names, uh, with working on yorubaword.com, which is uh, supposed to be a, a dictionary of Yoruba online, where you can find the meaning of any Yoruba name, uh, word, okay. uh, uh, and the pronunciation. 
Um, so even for that, many languages and Nigerian dictionaries and anybody interested in helping to, to work on them can contact us and then would uh, set up a team and start start to get the work done uh, as well. So this is a, this is a kind of public public good projects. We're not making any money from it. And actually, we're using our own funds. And sometimes funds we raise from others to support it. Um, so so that's how it works. All right. Thanks, Mr. Kola. Thanks for this great project. And I'm sure people people find it, you know, useful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks. Talk to you some other time. Thanks. All right. Have a nice day.